are proud to present a glittering new season celebrating the barbaric ballet that we call Rugby League. You must feel pretty confident with that uh, additional bulk he's put on. Now watch the defence, it'll be fairly uh, violent I would imagine. Now the Gladiators, Hoppawati with the left forearm. It was as nasty as we've seen for a long time. A little bit out of character, he's a very clean player. Manly slumped to eighth on the ladder. Slanging match. He's only five metres from the line. And he's hurt on the bird. He runs into a wall. Certainly got some forearm in it for some damage done to him with a boot or a knee. But my heavens, he's really bleeding. He's come out of it very much the worse for wear. Bleeding like a stuck pig out there. And the crowd's starting to go wild. Intercepted. Shows it. Goes outside. Depth, steps again. Steps again. He gets it down. It is a try. Yes, it's a try. It's a sad, sad commentary on the mentality of some of the idiots that follow Australian sport. Now, please welcome your muscle-bound maestro, Stephen Ferris and... Chris Gale. As they... G'day, Chris. Hello, Stephen. It is an apt term, fire up, because I'm sure you're in the same position as me at a different time frame over the... Easter weekend, where I really fired up, only to be let down dismally. Now, I want to break down our, our, our games a little later, but I certainly was fired up. I was actually working on a radio show, stomping the ground, watching my iPad while I'm supposed to be in a, you know, a relatively sort of smooth mode on air. It's you, hard to do. Are you devoted to your craft if you're multitasking hey, Something's like got to give, Chris. Something has got to give. <laughs> well, I I, you're, you're a soul funk and disco show, correct? Exactly. Maybe so I what was Metallica doing in the playlist? <laughs> See, brain snap. Brain explosion. Plenty of those on the weekend, Chris. And I want to talk about a special phone call I got during the week uh, mm. from a mob called the Richard Attenborough, or simply the Attenborough Institute uh, in all things science and nature. Uh, they want to know what this rugby league biology is all about and what we're, what we're talking about. And do we have any backing, uh, a la, you know, education when it comes to categorising, I suppose, some of the creatures in rugby league that play at this present time? Were they offering backing? They were curious, Chris, and yes, they said if it, if, if it all comes to fruition that we've got some goods here, we know something they don't know, they're prepared to take on board because scientists have to have open minds, Chris. If we get this done yeah. and we get all the various genie, genuses, genie, I'm not really <laughs> sure, properly documented, scientifically signed You've off. You've got to study Latin first, Chris. And he's still kicking around. How good would be a <laughs> documentary about rugby league biology narrated by Sir David Adler? In full 4K. It would be incredible. How great would that be? Oh. Highlights of all, all the behaviour. We're trying to eradicate the, the, the dog, but she was the pest and the germ. That's right up his alley, isn't it? Well, they're saying that Channel 9's rugby league coverage isn't rating as well, but they tend to love to run those Attenborough docos. So this would be a yes, great bit of cross-promotion, yes, wouldn't yes, it? Yes, yes, part one. Yes. Here we go. <laughs> Look, uh, let's, uh, let's break it down. There are a few more acts by... Uh, I believe some characters that fit this uh, this biology sort of subcategories one of them of course being the grub does this mean we're going to the regular segment we now have Stephen rugby league biology parts one and two
The, the whole world was in awe of some of the acts on the weekend, and one of them was by one of the greats, Tom Burgess. Now, you, you did note, Chris, that uh, there were four, four birdseye that used to eat four chickens that are sitting in the morning, and now there's only one. And he's got a tradition, I suppose, a reputation to upkeep. Where was that chicken shop? Was it Malabar or something? That they, no, no, Redfern. Redfern. Yeah, they did great business. And, and then when the birds were out, floundered, closed shop. shooks a day, I, I think. I think COVID had an impact as well. Stephen, I remember a very, very difficult time, and there's a lot of difficult times when you support the West Tigers, but we were out at uh, the old Sydney Football Stadium, the old Trellions. Yeah. And uh, they were going to present because Benji Marshall was going off to Rugby Union. <laughs> Life memberships to Benji and Robbie. Yeah, okay, Chris. Yeah, yeah. But we were playing the Rabbitohs yeah. and we had to wait because the Rabbitohs had a thumping victory and they were doing a little Channel 9 puff piece with Mother Julie and the four Birdseye. Mother Julie. Luke, Tom, George and Sam. She made a strong stuff, Chris. Because they'd all played together for yeah. the Rabbitohs that night That's in right. first grade. Yeah, yeah. Well, it seems a long time ago yeah. now, doesn't it, Steve? Yeah, We've yeah. just got Tom playing his trade. Yeah, that's why Sam's been in all sorts of trouble over the last couple of years. But listen, when, when Sam went... The squirrel on the cruets of Josh Hodson, it was magic. You know, when Tom <laughs> went the squirrel on the cruets of Josh, that was a moment to be uh, behold for the world to see. And yodelling his protestation. He's got me nuts. Billy Birmingham, remember that? I do. Never fails to deliver, old Billy. Uh, yeah, and so... Tom went down on the ground and reached out, well, seemingly blindly, I think, and, and the term was not even carelessly, but, but not even sort of thinking, really. And I guess that's what a grub does. It doesn't think, does it, Chris? And it's got very poor vision. And Very poor vision. Nighttime vision is good. And so the defence that was run by the rugby league as to why no charge was forthcoming was basically there was no intent because he wasn't looking in the direction at which he grabbed. I, yes. To me, I saw a metaphor. It's, you know... Grubs have poor vision. Um, the Burgi are all accepted yes. as part of the grub category. Also, to me, it felt like the sort of like the bellow of a dinosaur as the comets just <laughs> arrive, right? yeah. just reaching out for yeah. anything. Yeah. But I tell you what, it does exemplify Stephen, and it is that principle known as the butterfly effect. We discussed this very podcast last yeah. week. Yeah. When Paul Gallen grabbed the wheels of, it turned out to be Luke Graham. We've done the, also the breakdown of how many words there are for testicles once upon a time too. We won't do that right now though, Chris. <laughs> Go back to the archives. Yeah, that's right. But within a week, there it is. And it's interesting about the, like there's always... Synchronicity. Yeah, you know they talk about Band of Brothers and yeah. the code and the bro code. Yeah. There is a grub code. Yeah. Because Josh Reynolds, when asked about it afterwards, you know, and they said, Josh, surely you're outraged, you know, the Christmas uh, jewels have been Christmas jewels. breached, <laughs> handled, fondled. Yes. And he said, look, I don't expect a charge. I would have liked a penalty and maybe dinner and a movie. So you're saying there's collusion between grubs. And if I may bring up one of the great creatures that uh, Attenborough would know about, you know, the leech, Chris. You can be going through unaware and the leech has no eyes. It obviously has a great sense of smell or movement or something. It will find you just like... Tom found the cruets we, of Josh. In, in modern parlance, when we were in year seven at high school, Stephen, they now say, we, we would call it first form. Yes. We went on a bonding camp down to a place called uh, well, Sandal Tops or something like that. And we yeah. went to a place called Burning Palms and we came back absolutely festooned with lectures. And you didn't know it. And it was horrific, yeah, Stephen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, um, there was a quote from Josh who said, I'm surprised you could find them. <laughs> well, what sort of joke is that? Are they that small? You know, are they insignificant? Well, or the grub thing? He just knew how to find them in the dark. And, I, you know. No, I think he's speaking metaphorically, Stephen. You know he had that uh, very, very unfortunate uh, relationship with the um, <laughs> uh, the serial, I guess, liar is the word I want to say yeah. about, you know, look, I'm in love with you, I'm pregnant, can't get all these sorts of things. Yeah. 
And I think he found that somewhat emasculating. So I think he was probably yes, yes. saying it's... He's still trying to find them, is He's he? kind of yeah, yeah. put them on ice for a while. Yeah, but Tom could find them. <laughs> and Tom, and of course, his get out of jail car was he wasn't looking in that direction. That's right. doesn't matter if you're a grub. That's right. doesn't matter. You just yeah. find an enemy. And they call this act a concerning act. So no, no penalty. <laughs> Every Tuesday, all the rugby league players go very nervously to their mail. And it's amazing that they still actually send these things out. But they send them letters which talks about concerning acts, yep. and they just go, Phew, I'm not charged. Well, we don't know yet, though, do we? It's all to happen. We'll, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, Paul Crawley said, it might not be the crime of the century, but when, when did it become acceptable behaviour to grab an opposition player's private parts and for it to go unpunished? I would have thought 1900. strong stuff. I would have thought 1908, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> now, in the world of grub v. grub, and you can debate this whether they fit those categories, Marty Tapao. Tapao. Oh, formerly known as... Tapao. Correct. <laughs> yeah, right, okay. Uh, he swerved gently, as I would call it, in- into the artist, Jordan, the artist, formerly known as Rapana. <laughs> Rapana. 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 Uh, uh, both grubs, grub on grub, falling into his head. Now, I thought that Oh, was... hang on. Hang on a minute. Yeah. Okay, look, uh, Jordan, I think there's a very strong argument that he's yeah. in that grub category. But Marty's a, a beacon. I would never have... Well, we did, we did discuss this. And Marty was the first man, I think, to lift a, v, a VW, I think it was, <laughs> or a ute with his, with his arms, you know. Yeah, he think... had... He had one of those uh, dumbbell arrangements, but there was a combi on each end. Yes. Yeah, it was yes, very impressive. A, so occasionally I think he used to lift them up elbow style. Hence but okay, maybe a... Um, gentle giant. Gentle giant. Oh, you're saying bumper bar. Bumper bar style. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Illegal. But, but Not that, careless. I don't know that that's grubby behaviour. That's sort concerning. of... Concerning? Yeah. Well, it's definitely concerning. <laughs> yes, yeah. It, it might be... But it, he's erased that from his dirty, game, hasn't he? By the way, speaking of slightly dirty behaviour, we're still waiting to hear the, the outcome for Latrell's cows. Talking dirty in courts. Right. Whether they got... I believe the decisions were made over the weekend, but they are uh, subject to uh, um, the judges. Review. He is a television show of his own, isn't he? <laughs> it's so much about Latrell. Now, okay, from my mind, you know, if Brisbane had scored at that point over Manly, and this is the first time Brisbane has been beaten, as, as everybody knows, mm-hmm. uh, it would have levelled the scores with a few minutes to go. Correct? Oh, assuming the conversion would have been well kicked. in front. Chris, yeah, yeah. Come on, Adam Reynolds, right? Yeah. Is no it, brainer. Is it Luke or Kirk Catewell who picked up the the ball and the try wasn't allowed? Yes. Yep. Anyway, so they picked the ball up after Rapana I had released it. <laughs> had released it because it got a knock to the head. Very gently. Yeah, yeah. And they said that was careless. Now, oh, I agree, but careless on whose part? When Teddy Tedesco wants to catch a ball, he jumps up in the end and catches it, doesn't he? Often he does put his head in harm's way. My, my, my take on this is that uh, Jordan fell into the, the knee of Depau. Well, there are a few um, boot merchants that absolutely know what they're doing in rugby league, Stephen, and Adam Reynolds is one of them. And, like, you and I haven't been out there in this maelstrom for several years, but apparently when they put the bomb up, it has an ability to swerve and change direction. Yeah. And so Jordan was faced with a sudden change of direction which brought him forward. And instead of back and to the left, a la the grassy knoll, it was sort of forward and to the ground. Yeah. And in that motion of securing said possession... Uh, he collided with Marty's knee. And you know what I saw at that point? There was P- Peter Volandis jumping with joy at the entertainment that was being dished out to not just fans but kiddies across the country. They showed a slow-motion uh, action shot of Jordan's head, not once but about eight times, with blood just spurting straight. I mean, that was it was classic art performance, wasn't it, Chris? It's amazing. I was just recently watching the very episode of Monty Python's Flying Circus. Yes. Where they do Scott of the Antarctic, right? Yeah. But they're filming it on a beach. 
and Michael Palin's playing the the lead character yeah. Scott, and they're going, we're going to shift it, and it's going to be called Scott of the Sahara. And he goes, but I'm still wrestling the lion because I want to see the lion with the blood spurting out of it. Right? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Right? So he wrestles a lion, yeah. and sure enough, a la Rapana, Rapana, this beautiful arc of blood. Beautiful. It, you know, just sort of, it, it really was. It was yeah. like a Cronenberg movie or it something. Was exactly, it was absolutely yes. sensational. And, and yet. We, we saw it in vivid, yeah. Technicolor, yeah. time and, and time, time and time again. And the kiddies were roaring with laughter. They just thought this <laughs> was the best Dad, thing. Mum, Dad, have a look at this. And, and how many more people signed up for membership at that point, Chris? His jersey was white and yeah. now it's red. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dear, they're going, oh, dear. Now, we're not talking about whether that affected the decision straight afterwards toward a careless penalty, thus affecting the game, thus Brisbane losing for the first time in six rounds and Ricky the weak catted dog getting away with it. <laughs> Straight after Kevy uh, signs his contract extension, he's mind done. You. He's yeah. done. But you know the hypocrisy, Chris, that when a, a person, often a man, runs onto the field, even these days fully clothed, the camera's cut away. So, fully clothed pitch invader, unclothed streaker. Yeah. And there's this modern convention that we don't want to give any oxygen yeah. to this sort of thing where you might actually see someone's, let's face it, say, seven penis. And, <laughs> and so, therefore, this happened in the Penrith Manly game, yeah. which needed a bit of a rev up after Manly just absolutely was shocking. Just folded. They were ter- <laughs> terrible. Yeah. And <laughs> they could have used a bit of ta- a pa- oh, strength in that game. And so, when. Artist formerly known as Suali. <laughs> Suali. <laughs> so, when, of course, the streakers invaded Penrith Park. The camera just has a tight shot on the Penrith bench, thoroughly enjoying themselves. Because they know they've got to do something, right, to keep everybody amused. So what do we get? We get their faces right. roaring with laughter. Right. And this, to me, speaks again of uh, the dark overlord PVL, Peter Volandis. We know he kowtows to America, right? Uh, and rugby league has become a metaphor for the way in which American modern society is. With graphic detail, yes. we see shootings, violence, violence blood, etc., etc. Ten-year-old kid, but yeah. anything that relates to the human form. Yeah. Oh, hello, Michelangelo's David. <laughs> camera Band. cuts away. Ban exactly. Oh, it's a worrying development, Steve. Now, Chris, talking of various stouches in the game, uh, I want to talk about Fox Sport and uh, Penrith Panthers. But just right now, we'll go to a break. Uh, there is, of course, a good-looking man in rugby league who is not a grub. That's true, Steve. What's his name? Well, Connor Watson, who's... Uh, Not playing. No, bounced between the Sydney Roosters and Newcastle Knights back to the Roosters and is doing media duties with uh, our government's ABC network. Right. Has fallen into the orbit of Dennis Carnahan. Oh. And uh, there's a lot of dispute amongst the Roosters as to whether Connor is a man of sartorial elegance or not, and Dennis explores this here. Let's, ha- let's have a listen. Oh, it's awful. He's even getting worse. Got an earring, comes in with these awful clothes, and those eyebrows are still thick as ever. Connor is a man with his own sense of fashion. Connor is a man with bushy, bushy brows, with cute hooped earring or a flashy diamond stud. He'll punctuate his commentary with a double wow. He bought his favorite shirt to New York and Belmore. His hot fuchsia pink with a design in gray and black. Worn beneath the jacket in gorgeous peach pink With pastel pink and white and chestnut tartan on the back Connor is a man with a pink shirt and a loud jacket Wow Wow Connor is a man who'll go to a wedding He's a man who'll go 
to a box night He's elegant and glam when he's locked in the dunny He hates being stopped by Double's one traffic light He'll come to the footy with Winston and Beryl His fashionably short trousers looking sharp as a tack He's putting in his earring, putting product in his hair Not a strand is out of place, it's nonchalantly swept back Connor is a man with a pink shirt and a loud jacket. Oh, it's awful. Wow. Comes in with these awful clothes. Wow. And those eyebrows are still thick as ever. Oh, that was crazy. There's the beautiful game, the sloppy game, and then there's the rugby league. Chris, it was quite a... I mean, I, I don't know who I... You know when you... Okay, you watch a game, you don't want either one to win. It's a real predicament, isn't it, you know? And I was watching no, South and Canterbury Banks. Aren't you in a tipping comp? Yes, that's true. I should abide by my own tips, shouldn't I? I mean, tipping comps just yeah. completely dominate yeah. who I want to win. Well, I think I tipped Canary Banks down the berries. Really? Over South. I did, yeah. Despite the fact they were playing Harold Matthews players. Yes, I, I don't know. You're not really a pundit, are you? <laughs> that's a bit rich. Come well, on now. They were massively beset by injuries, Stephen. And talking look, biology, I've got a great gut. And, like, and, and you're speaking to someone who got two right for the weekend, <laughs> but one of them one of them was South you know, Canterbury because you know you knew Latrell would be up for it because it was a weekend of hat tricks. I, I happened Stephen. to walk into the cauliflower just for a, 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 an Easter holiday drink you know, in the afternoon and they were going right in the place you know, and, and two tries in a row from Luttrell it was pretty pretty good spot to be Hat-tricks for Campbell Graham and Luttrell yeah. for South in the same game yeah. four for Dylan Edwards in the Penrith game Jermaine Asako Xavier Coates it was just a He's no longer a secret that Dylan Edwards is no. he? <laughs> He's not flying under the radar anymore He'll be looking for fullback money <laughs> He's on what? 500,000? Only 500. Only. Only. Bloody hell, they're going to have to double that to keep him. He is worth keeping. Yeah. He doesn't look like a modern rugby league player either, which is the, the mystery to me. Well, I think that's probably that's the, why he's been under the, the radar. secret. He's just a fantastic throwback. Right, right, right. Now, uh, one man, and I, and I really love the Fox. I've met him once and he's a funny guy. You know, he's a lighthearted guy. He, he brings a real spark to rugby league. Did he say, let's trot, Stephen? <laughs> yeah, so anyway, poor bugger's out, right? Syndesmosis. The dreaded syndesmosis, yeah. Stephen. I looked that up. I once had that. It's just when you roll your ankle and you pull everything apart. <laughs> it's not pretty, Chris. How did you do it? Uh, playing touch footy <laughs> on top of the uh, Centennial Park where it's all bodgy oh, ground yeah, on top yeah. of the, the reservoir. And I tell you what, when you lay still for a second, once the uh, – what's, what's the – Adrenaline. Adrenaline, which kicks in dopamine. Mm-hmm. Man, best feeling in the world. I still remember it to this day. Best feeling in the world. You used to be able to get, pick up a game against Freddie Fittler up on that uh, little uh... – Outcrop, pick up, like. A pickup game. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. We know other places that parks get up to. I once actually played uh, one of the Roosters directors at the time for his 40th birthday, organised a game of touch involving his mates and the Sydney Roosters first grade squad. You're, you're a fool, aren't you, Chris? Mm. And, um, <laughs> and we were sort of split, you know, sort of evenly. I think yeah. I had uh, Craig Fitzgibbon outside me. I allocated yeah. the talent. And Freddie uh, threw me the ball and then did the runaround. Right. Oh, and did you get it right? Well, I gave it back to him because <laughs> I just thought it wouldn't have been a good idea not to give it back to him. Yeah. <laughs> Was he calling for it? Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Now, Josh Adakar, of course, he's out for 
A long time. Six to eight weeks. Bloody hell. That's a shame, isn't it? So Canterbury are done. Cooked now. The, they had to rush the Easter surgeon in on Easter Saturday to do this. Is he dressed in a bunny suit? Yeah. <laughs> Handing out uh, with a little woman beside him, Alice. <laughs> hey, um, anyway, Josh is gone. But Josh's big secret, or maybe not a secret, and maybe could be the cause of this problem, is he, as we reported, six coffees before he gets to the ground on game day. Yes, yeah, so uh, Josh Reynolds, who we were talking about earlier, says it's quite an experience going to a game with the Fox because he stops for six coffees oh, on the separately. way. Oh, separately? Yes. Six separate cafes? Yeah, like I hold pull over here, just sort of you know, stagger a, them. Yeah, yeah. You know. That's a television show in itself. <laughs> I tell yeah, you comedians what, the, in cars getting coffee. It's, it's, it's really interesting that if he lives near Belmore... And he, <laughs> he has to go around the block a few times. In six, into Maccas, out into, into Hungry Jacks. And so there was a lot of talk on the weekend that both our signature stadiums, i.e. Acor and Suncor, were very slippery. And uh, the arts, Stephen, and I hate to see the arts be made a, a, a whipping boy, if you may. For stadiums. For, for stadiums yeah. and sport. Over expenditure, But yeah. a lot of accusations flying around that the likes of Ed Sheeran and Harry Styles have contributed yeah. Yeah. to these slippery services. Yeah. Now, we saw the Fox tearing in for the and loose ball. Chris, they're on a stage. You're talking about the punters maybe letting loose with fluids? Right. What are you saying here? Molly Meldrum style? Molly Meldrum style. That's an appreciation, <laughs> just like Molly did. That's right. So when you've got 60,000 people letting rip, look out. Or or commenting on what you think about Harry's house as an album. You yes, know? Or, you, you know? or just tipping over your drink. Plate. Like the sushi song is good, but it kind of tails off after that, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. By the way, how are you coping with Taylor Swift breaking up with a boyfriend of six years? Not on my radar, Chris. I don't know. Dating Taylor. It's a- Some people deserve publicity. I don't rate her. The whole time you'd just be worried that, you know, you'd say something or do something yeah. and she goes, she's going to write a song about Will it. Will she be like Kylie and Madonna? They'll be unlucky in love their whole lives. <laughs> you know, she can never pin a bloke down. <laughs> Isn't that likely? And I kind of figure if all of those had met me, they'd see something in me. But... um. Uh, so, so we saw Adokar screaming in for a ball and then yeah. the turf just gets... No one hit him. Up. No one hit him. No touch. No, no, just all gone. <laughs> And they're blaming the turf, but it could be the six coffees, couldn't it? Well, exactly. I mean, hypertension, Chris, you know, overextending. Your imagination goes a bit fuzzy because you believe you're Superman. When you're not, you're just the fox. What was that thing that Dennis Carnahan used to talk about, the T-curve or something? You need to be at the right level of arousal. <laughs> not not overly aroused and not underly aroused. Unless you stumble around. Just the right level of arousal. I think the six coffees is probably putting you in the overs category. Well, that brings me to the man that used to be known as the hectic cheese. Oh, the Red the Rhode Island Gouda. Rhode Island Gouda. And he had a bit, of, a bit of a poor game for the Chooks. And the Chooks lost on the weekend, Chris. Oh, well, We're not applauding that by any was, means whatsoever. It wasn't all bad the weekend. No. <laughs> it really wasn't. In the Melbourne slop, it was so fantastic. So the truth comes out, Chris, that the cheese, Brandon Smith, has a triple shot in the morning mm-hmm. of game day. Triple shot. It's more than I'd do in a day. Mm-hmm. No doubt about that. Uh, a double shot before getting to the game. So he does the same thing. He drives around, uh, I guess, Allianz. There's plenty of cafes there. There's one actually in the building and there's plenty of mobiles. There's the Rugby Union Cafe where <laughs> Robbo's getting those mind-altering drugs from uh, Hamish McClellan. Right. And then he gets a double shot at the actual stadium. So you know that there's... At seven. You know they're sending people back to the moon, Stephen. Have you seen that in the press? No. Right. So it's called Artemis. Oh. You know, the uh, female companion of Apollo, right? Oh. And uh, Brandon sees game day as essentially a three-stage Saturn, Journey. Saturn V rocket. Yes, right? yes, yes, you, yes. You get the three on the launch pad, off you go. You then got to escape orbit, that's the yeah. two. And when you get to the moon and into orbit, that's Another the two. two of the game. Seven shots of coffee. So you've got seven on board. <sighs> Lucky he's a young man who's fit. <laughs> That's all I can say. Well, they were, you know, it's really interesting because he's become a bit of a, a, a lightning rod for what you need in a rugby league team, right? And um, one view is that you harness Brandon in the appropriate way. The hectic side of him, you know? Yeah, and yeah. this is what Coach Trent Robinson had to say about oh, yeah, Brandon. Let's have a listen. We want him to be himself, but then we also want him um, to get the best version of himself, and that's 
often what we do in our 20s, we're still trying to work out who we are and, and how we want to be. And, um, and we, we're here to assist that as well. Not here to change anybody, but just to develop them as a person. Were you still looking for yourself in your 20s, Stephen? Was I white myself in the 20s? Looking for yourself in your 20s? <laughs> I, indeed I was. Look, any person who grows up on the tradition of uh, David Bowie, etc., you know, the, the, the notion that you can keep going on that adventure to find who you really are, Chris, can take years and years and years. I feel like a U2 song. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. You still haven't found what yeah. And I used to love that how... That sounds sadder. They used to play that at North Sydney Oval in the 90s. Right. When they'd have a win and they hadn't won a premiership since 1922... And they still hadn't found what they were looking for. But who does Robbo think he is? Sigmund Freud? <laughs> I mean, really? What sort of man is he to give advice to young men? This is the thing about Robbo. And I mean, we, there's no bigger supporter of Trent Robinson than you and me. Absolutely. Right. And we're constantly pointing out all the wise. And Nick Polites. All hail Nick. Wonderful things. The <laughs> politest centre of excellence. Um, but uh, the thing about Robbo is he doesn't, obviously doesn't see himself in the X's and O's business about winning games. It's all about developing better people, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm wondering if the Roosters, who, let's face it, haven't won a premiership since 2019. That long. And they don't look like they're going to win one anytime soon. They do soon. not, no. Gee, they get a lot of publicity on Channel 9, though, Chris. Yeah, the, the, rather than, <laughs> well, you know, rather than Robbo just sort of talking about better versions of yourselves in the wellness industry and I'm a wellness guru. He had a brief relationship with former Lebanon coach Michael Checker, who's also coached in that other code. Oh, yes. And Dan Ganane heard Michael Checker have this to say about how you put a football club together. Heavy hitters there, Chris. I watched um, Matty John's show last night, the podcast. Michael Checker, fantastic uh, special guest, and he spoke about the idea that, that a good club, a good team has a mix. So you've got the scallywag and the bookworm and uh, the yeah. nerd and the ladies' man, and you, you mix it all together and you've got something special. And Chris, that's Dan Ganane. Yes. That's not the voice you hear on the radio normally. You know, you'd go, the scallywag, you know, and the bookworm and the, all the grunting and the shouting. Well, the he screen. had the guest hosting on 360 oh, because... so that's the polite, educated Braith had, Dan Ganane. Braith was at the Masters. Right. Uh, but it was an interesting thought, isn't it, that yeah. that's what you need in okay, your the team. Bookworm. The ladies' man. Ladies' man. Scallywag. Uh, the nerd. The nerd. Right. Who's the nerd in the Roosters? Well, I was... Angus that, Crichton, that's, that's maybe. Easy. That's Luke Keary. Luke Keary, yeah, right, okay. Yeah. Okay. Ladies' man, Swahili. No doubt about it. Okay. What about uh, Teddy? What's he going to be? Well, um, Renaissance man. Cheese is the scallywag. The greatest of all time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and then you go. But cheese, I, yeah. I put it to you. Who, who fits the categories identified as a successful club? Yeah. And Hook Griffin needs to have covered this off in the St. George Illawarra line. He doesn't believe in books, Chris. That's out. <laughs> you could call him a Queensland nerd, I suppose. Is, you there, know. A, is there a ladies' man? Is he a ladies' man? Is there a ladies' man in the Dragon Squad? Oh, Terrell Sloan, surely. Oh, you think so? Oh, yeah. Look, he glides like a bloody, you know, like a and Muhammad who, Ali. Who's your scallywag? Who's your mischief maker? Well, I would have said Zach Lomax for a period of time. Yeah. But he's gone a little bit red misty. Well, he and Blake Laurie got pulled back when they <laughs> did those imitations of the coach. But they did. It, it's interesting that we can follow these two philosophies. One is I look for the person, make them a better version of themselves. And they get in front of the whole team, right? And the psychologists and the, and the, and the, the physiotherapists, all the rest of it. And they go, this is who you are and this is the better version. You know, one's got a waist of 36, one's got a waist of 32. You know, one's got a good haircut, one's got a bad haircut. Here's the gap. Here's a heap of self. where you want to be. Here's a heap of self improvement tapes and videos and yes. books. And everyone's taking notes, you right. know. <laughs> so that's the rooster's way. The rooster way. And in fact, what you need is someone with a clipboard. Yeah. I mean, the tigers again are having all sorts of trouble with their recruitment. You mean like the substitute? Who's going to go on now? <laughs> the balance has to be right, right? And we got a, we got a, book, a bookworm anywhere. <laughs> well, you just need someone to go, go right, scallywag. Any scallywags? <laughs> Can we grab one, please? And just tick them off, even if they're no good. <laughs> and that which should be on your CV. Because it's a team game, Chris. It is. You got to have all. It's a blend. Now, the last thing about the Roosters, of course, is there was a brain explosion or a brain snap. We never know, do we, Chris? <laughs> Victor Radley. This week, wasn't he being talked up? 
with his high IQ, his footy IQ? It was said of Victor, and I think the Cheese might have also been involved in this discussion, that they've got such high football IQs. Oh, Robbo, Robbo likes the players to uh, have a little pen pen. Uh, pen, pen, <laughs> pen, pen. Your IQ just dropped That's quick. That's right. <laughs> hey. uh, hello, Tigers. Uh, and take notes. Because he's take- dropping pearls of wisdom all the time. Right. And you can just see JWH and uh, Connor Watson, even yeah. though he's injured, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, Sam Walker. Pen in hand. Right. And they go, be a better version of myself. myself. And they write yeah. it down, yeah, yeah, and yeah. that helps, yeah. apparently. Pull back on the coffee. Right. Yeah. Radley and Cheese can't be bothered, right? No, because they're... IQ is it, so great, so far, so it. high. They're rugby league sponges, Steve. paper. So paper. unfortunately, in the lead up to the Storms games, yeah. Robbo's notes included no late hits. Right, and, right. And Fic- no note taken. And Victor did, note to self didn't write it down. Do you know he's been in he's been bitten the sin bin in his career as many times as uh, Sean Connery played the role of James Bond in a that movie. Many times, seven times. Wow, uh, that would suggest maybe he's on the coffee too much. And the funny thing about that is, Stephen. Mm. Because he hangs around cheese too much. The two yeah. scallywags together, right? Because you heard Ganane, it's a scallywag. Yeah, it's not The two, minute you've got two. two trouble. But that seven Connery performances includes, yeah. get this, mm. Never Say Never Again. Right. The right. unlicensed movie. Yes. Maybe Victor could learn that. And I'm just hesitating to think that maybe Robbo's now going to all the baristas around the East and someone's saying, don't give them coffee. If they're coming to the game, say no. So I think the takeaways, Stephen, are cut back on the coffee. Yep. Take notes. And get some better studs so you don't slip on Acor and Suncor Stadium. Done. This one from Danny Dolphin. Do you remember Danny Dolphin? Do you remember that? Do you remember the Danny Dolphin story? Remember the, got the, lit the up, lighter yeah. on? Yeah, to sort of long story. Shout out to all the likes who Tell it, Matthew. Tell it. I did, it was a person dressed as Danny Dolphin yeah. on a boat once, and they lit him in his dolphin suit, and he had to throw himself in the water. <laughs> to be honest, it's not a good story. <laughs> it was a rugby union team, anyway. It was. Yes, it was. You know those it was what? AFL, actually. It was a bad mitten team. Chris, you'll remember that uh, Fire Up famously produced a T-shirt with Danny the Dolphin as the star of the T-shirt, and the story that we knew 
you know, from reliable sources, of course, allegedly that Danny the Dolphin was little light and then he was peed upon. Was it Julian O'Neill or something? Julian like, O'Neill. Yeah, and it makes me to wonder. Put the fire out. What does Julian O'Neill have on Maddie and the Fox Boys? Exactly. Maddie went and soft on him then. This was, of course, in what is now referred to in Fire Up history as the Oaten era. And I was just a mere mug punter, and I actually <laughs> yeah. bought the mug. I've got yeah. the Danny the Dolphin Collectible, mug. Chris. And I used to have it at my work, and it was a constant conversation. Talking piece. point. And now that the Redcliffe Dolphins, or as they like to be known, the Dolphins, the Dolphins yeah. are in the NRL. Yeah. It, We've been asking, where's Danny? Where is Danny? Where is that kid? Is he in some institution somewhere, Chris? Is he in the new, I don't know what they call that dolphin. Oh, they got it behind a glass box, maybe. Yeah, what, what do you, that'd be good. Like Madame Tussaud, maybe. It, it'll have a name, yeah. Finney or something like that, yeah, Fins yeah. Up. Yes, but Fins Up, is, Fins Away. Because, you know, Reg, whoever's in Reggie the Rabbit now, I mean, the original Reggie Rabbit lived till he was, he was a mascot until he was 80 or something. And we all know that at some point mascots fail the human test, don't they? <laughs> That's right. And so is the kid that was Danny in the old Redcliffe days now in the Dolphin days, or is he not doing so well? Hospitalised, I think. We'd love to know. By the way, Joey John says when he can't work out which team to tip, yeah. he then works out which mascot would beat the other mascot. Other mascot, fair yeah. enough too. So like you, I think he tipped the dogs. Yes, right. Okay. Uh, Chris, uh, I would like to say thanks to Vossi yes. for a great effort and theming everything with Easter eggs, chocolate and bunnies, the whole bit. I mean, it was ecstatic, ecstatic Chris. It was fantastic. So full full, full credit to uh, Vossi. I was surprised not to see at some stage during the coverage on the weekend sort of sort of an image of Volandis up on the cross. And, oh, you know, that, in a loincloth? Because he's resurrected the yeah. game. Game, basically, yeah. he's a, he is a semi-messianic figure in many uh, pundits' minds. Well, one story we don't want to sort of flout about, uh, you know, and trumpet is uh, Brett Stewart. He was caught at the Corso recently by the constables. Yeah, so we again plod we, one, plod two. We we, we don't judge Stephen yeah. in any way, shape, or form. We just simply report the news. It does take me back to in what I refer to as the Gale era, uh, when uh, poor old um, Kevin Proctor and now captain of the Dolphins yeah. Jesse Bromwich yeah. were caught on security cameras yeah. uh, en- on their phone enjoying uh, <laughs> a fan's product after a test match. Right, and we just like testicles. We spent yeah. an entire episode coming up with all the <laughs> yeah. uh, names for uh, said cocaine. Said cocaine. But the trouble for Brett Stewart was he was a successful restaurateur, yeah. which would have kept you well away from that stuff. Yeah. Um, but more recently, time he's been mentoring at Manly. And of course, yes. it's a slippery slope. Well, Manly's become party town, hasn't it, Chris? <laughs> You're going to get in trouble like the Gold Coast used to be. Well, they just transplanted Hugo's and stuff over there. Like, you think it's the hemisphication of the peninsula, right? Hemisphication of the peninsula. <laughs> Not that I'm saying there's any Not connection. Any connection. No, no connection no. whatsoever. No, that's just a joke. Uh, look, what's happening between Foxtel, or Fox Sport more correctly, and Penrith? They seem to be at war. Uh, the CEO of uh, said Penrith team said for two years now they've been dismissing. Uh, diminishing, uh, even offending, and they're going to take some court action soon, they think, or they might ban their players from going on Fox Sport full stop. What's interesting to me, Stephen, is despite what the statistics suggest, people clearly listen to us, right? Because on Fox, they've started to refer to uh, Todd Payton as Ming the Merciless, right? Yes, that's right. And I've been running the line for some time now that Penrith are the nouveau riche, the Kardashians, they're mugglers, which is probably... You're you're tainted. You know, you've got this sort of mask on that says, I'm I'm a Tigers fan, the clues are evil. Just look at the way they play the footy. It's it's the Harlem Globetrotter style. You Chris. do make a good point. Ivan Cleary does coach them. I had momentarily forgotten that. <laughs> but but it's their behaviour, the way they call out opposition players. It's a whole. Hey, F- they're just at the top of their game. They claim to be FTH from the Hood Mount Druitt. They all own property yeah, in Wallara. They do right? not because right? you they're, just made that up. They're bad winners. They mocked Parramatta. They, they did indeed. They mocked South. They have arrogance. I'll give you that. Right, and so. Fox watches us. I'm assuming um, he just had his 60th birthday. Patrick Delaney yes, yes. is probably... I don't think he's the sort of man to do that. You don't think he's pushed that line? No. Lock and murder could. Go up the... Well, you know, he's a 
Brisbane booster, and I mean, yeah, you see Penrith as a threat. He's had his money in the in the game for years. But I, I, I don't know. I can't see anyone else in the oh, Fox team look, that would have that axe to grind. I think Paul Crawley's up to that sort no, of nonsense. No, Michael uh, Carrianas, Brent Nasta, no, Reed, no, 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 not Lara or Vonnie Sampson. So I don't I know. know. Cronk's a gentleman. Cooper would not do that. Cooper would never do that. No. Thankfully, Benny Elias. Mal. Yeah. Well, no. No, no. Benny no. Elias was back last week, which yeah. was I was pleased to see. He wouldn't do that. I don't know who's left. I can't think of who it is, but someone's listening to us. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to come back on that. Have one, to come back on that. One. Okay, uh, Chris. You know we've been trying to eradicate the use of the slur regarding dogs, the common dog, the dog that uh, humans' best friend, man's best friend, woman's best friend, kids' best friend. We all I, love dogs. I'd be very happy to transplant out of you know grubs, germs, protozoa, cats, yes, dogs, yes, dogs. I'd be happy to transplant and put muglairs in there. Muglair instead of weak gutted dog. Right, but Ricky's on the wrong side of the law here, isn't he? Well, he, he's very much so, as is probably Jamin Salmon when you think about it. And, <laughs> and good karma, Ivan Cleary. <laughs> but this, Stephen, of course, is become our mission in 2023, and it's another fire-up segment, yep. the end of Dog Days. It's true, dogs are the best Dogs, Chris, uh, this brings us to a story that uh, very much beloved Warriors, New Zealand Warriors, during COVID lockdown. Everyone's second favourite team. Everyone's second favourite team. They did a great service to the game. They kept the game alive, Chris, virtually, by moving holos polos, teams, players, sometimes family, I'd imagine, all the way over to Terrigal, doing it tough in Terrigal, I, I think one in of the lockdown. Con- I think one of the conditions from the Warriors was don't bring the families. Um, because they wanted right? to enjoy so themselves. So that's how tough they're doing it. And of course, everyone was Compromise. saying incredible sacrifice, incredible. keeping the competition going. Were they compensated financially? Not that I'm aware of. No, okay. And everyone said, we must preserve the integrity of the NRL competition, yes. which of course in those days was 16 teams, eight games a week, yeah. um, because we couldn't possibly have uneven number of teams no, in the competition. No. So we couldn't lose them. Like we do now. Yes, so we couldn't <laughs> lose them to make it 15. But of course, it would have only been seven games a week. And what does that translate to? Less violence, no sex on TV, Peter Volandi's seven games a week. Exactly. Now, what did they do? There was some compensation, of course, some sort of beneficial move from the NRL, I'm assuming. Well, against what others might suggest, Stephen, they're just simply people, rugby league players. And like you and me... I want to talk about biology. Yeah. Well, Germs and grubs, Chris. Well, some of them aren't. And not with gutted dogs. But your vast majority of rugby league players are just... Normal human beings. Normal human beings. They have needs. The hierarchy of needs, wants, whatever it is. You know, food's in there. And of course, companionship. Companionship. So uh, the COVID rules were off the charts, particularly around the central coast because it was a hotbed. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't go to, you know, the entrance or Avoca. You just go down with the Lurgy, right? You might bump into Nate Miles. Right. (laughs) So unfortunately, the Warriors were located in Terrigal. Uh And the one... One exception, if yes. you wanted to get out of the COVID compound ah. that allowed you to go out and... It was a loophole. There was a loophole ah. in society if you went and walked the dog. Right, okay. So uh, this is not um, an assistance dog. 
where you might be blind as such. This is no. a an emotional support dog. Yeah, maybe after a Friday night win, yeah. it might be the next morning. Assistance <laughs> dog at the ready. They've got a, they've got a little pound next door. Which one is it? Assistance, please. I'm hungover. Yeah. You want the emotional support of the assistance? Which one do you want? You know, I'll take two ESs and an A. Thank you very much. But now they're emotional support dogs. Stephen, from a pound in the Central Coast, which automatically tugs at the heartstrings. Please, if you're listening on the Central Coast, go and adopt one of these dogs for God's sake. Uh, and then they got died, of course, in Warriors colours. Yeah, nicknames were applied. They had one that put on the Joker makeup, like that guy who's always at Mount Smart Stadium. That's right. Yeah, yeah terrific. Yeah. Uh, that's a, that's a very very sweet story, Chris. Very well, heartwarming. And they all had. Um, Names appropriate, yeah. so there was Stacey Jones, Owen Guttenbeel, oh, okay. you know, Some greats. Michael Luck, except yeah. it wasn't called that. <laughs> hey, Michael Luck, get over here. Every, yeah, and yeah. and so the the Warriors could go out, and it was a really heartwarming sight for the local Terrigal um, cognoscenti to be able to see, like Bunty Afoa out walking a dog, yes, or yes, yes. you know, um, that, uh, those six paces away. Tohu Harris, yes, in yes, appropriately distance. Yeah, did now, the dogs have to wear masks? Yes. Yeah. Okay. The, the, the slightly difficult thing was that. We all know what the New Zealand national dog is, Stephen, don't we? Well, I didn't. I thought it was a Kiwi, but that's not a dog. It's the Hunterway. The Hunterway? The what does that dog do? The good old New Zealand sheepdog. A sheepdog. And you imagine they get used for crop purposes, don't you? And <laughs> steady. <laughs> I, I, haven't, I haven't been to the Central Coast for a long time. Sam Neill's got a few, right? Uh-huh. uh-huh. But not many sheep around Terrigal, right? No. <laughs> So there was. So they're looking active. What's going on? No sheep. So they got to what? Stay on a leash. So these warriors were sort of paired with dachshunds and um, greyhounds, labradors, anything they could get their hands on. And the thing again, this is what dogs are, Stephen. Again, it's my own patented concept: unconditional love. That's what they offer. They shouldn't be talked about in disparaging terms in rugby league. This is what dogs do for you, Stephen. And it got the Warriors through. Look at them now, four and two. They're sailing high. Yeah, the hot shots this year. But what about those dogs? Don't tell me they didn't form connections with those rugby league players. Yes, and where they dispersed. Well, I'm I'm concerned. A lot of them, hopefully, are still at the pound. If they haven't been, can I just say, moved on? Right. A la Chiaro's dog Thor, who had a bit of trouble up on the Central Coast. Yeah, the green fluid, are you? Oh, the dream. (laughs) I don't don't, don't want to get too existential here, Stephen. You'll break my heart, Chris. Come on. But at the right moment, if I've read the data, yep. I'd go dream me. Dream. Um, now, Chris, I've got some very uh, – talk about a powerful man in the code. This is the last thing we're going to talk about, correct? Yes. Um, Wayne Bennett. No. <laughs> okay, Wayne Bennett. Now, uh, what is Wayne Bennett? What sort of power does Wayne Bennett have? Well, I'm not really sure. We've all been trying to figure out what his strength is and what his influence is. You know the old expression that the, the second most powerful job in Australia is Prime Minister because the Australian cricket captain is the most powerful job? Not anymore. It's Wayne Bennett. It's Wayne, Wayne Bennett, yes. Yeah. Now, when Wayne says there will be no Redcliffe, it'll just be the Dolphins. It goes, happens, it, it comes happens, to pass. Straight yes. up. Uh, now, there's a man, Mark Nichols, was playing for Newcastle. Nosy Nichols. Nosy Nichols. Um, he, um, oh, sorry, South as well. He, uh, he got the word, phone call. He's got one more year in his contract. Mm-hmm. Got a word from Wayne. Eight, eight words is all it took. And they were? Do you want to come and have some fun? <laughs> That's it. Simple. That's rugby league. So I'd yeah. say yes. So tune in again next week when we invite a veritable breadline of nobodies and wannabes to flesh out another rip-snorting roundup of rugby league shenanigans, slander and smut right here at the home of radio's most fatuous footy confab. Fire!